This is Denise Crosby, and you're listening to PriorityOnePodcast.com. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by Sayulita.com. For more information, visit Sayulita.com and by listeners like you. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com for more information on how you can continue to support our network. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 132 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded Thursday, June 13th, 2013, live on trekradio.net and available for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com the following Monday. I'm Tony. And I'm Elijah. James, unfortunately, would not be joining us this episode. He got called to work this evening, so stay tuned next week. He'll be back. What do we have this week, Elijah? Well, in this episode of Priority One, we trek out the darker side of Star Trek and spend some time chatting about our plans for Vegas. In Star Trek Online News, we've got some interesting patch notes from Tribble that shed light on the new fleet holding. Speaking of the new fleet holding, what does that mean for us players in the game? To answer that question, we invite an old friend and previous guest, Phyrexian Hero, to chat about what the new fleet holdings mean to players and fleets. Finally, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. We'll talk about this a little more on the show later, but we want to encourage you to help support Priority One by offering your donations to our Indiegogo project that will get the bridge of the Enterprise D to Las Vegas for the 2013 Star Trek convention. Basically, it's Star Trek's pilgrimage to Mecca. It's annual, it's in the desert, and a lot of people show up there looking for an experience. I'm not going to call it a religious experience, but but it might be close. As we've mentioned before, the team at Priority One will be in Vegas in full force. Me, James, Elliot, Adrian, and Elijah are all going to be there. And our goal is to broadcast live from the bridge. And the only way to do that is to get your help. Please visit our Indiegogo page to find out how you can support the project and the awesome benefits you'll receive as a contributor. Links will be on our website, or you can visit www.indiegogo.com and search on Enterprise. Captains, we want to remind you that PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just podcasts. We've got articles and blogs from some of the most respected members of the Star Trek Online and greater scientific community, including our latest dilithium tracker from Samon Maui, and, and in the latest addition to the Priority One family, we revive in development and bring you some amazingly creative do-it-yourself projects from Kate, Robin, and Adrian. Best known for their amazing cosplay adventures at conventions across the country. In their first installment, they teach you how to make your very own Andorian antenna. So be sure to visit www.priorityonepodcast.com and don't you miss a beat. You know, girls in green body paint are really overrated. It's the blue body paint. That, you know, that's, that's You're class. Right. It is the blue body that's paint. That's class right there. That's what that is. 
Captains, the Priority One fleet has been doing great thanks to the effort of each and every member that has joined. You didn't know that we started a fleet with the Priority One name? Well, that's right. Now you can explore strange new worlds and combat threats to the Federation with members of the Priority One crew. You can check out our forums by visiting forums.priorityonepodcast.com or chat with us in-game by joining our open chat channel. To do that, just type forward slash channel underscore join space priority one in your chat box in-game. That's forward slash channel underscore join space priority one. Don't worry, you don't have to become a member of the fleet to join the channel. It's just another way you can reach out to us. And to celebrate the launch of the fleet, we're going to play an oldie but a goldie, our fleet public service announcement. So uh, enjoy, all of you. People everywhere from all over the universe are joining up to fight for the future. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part, too. They're doing their part. Are you? Join the ranks of brave warriors and officers. Explore and build a better universe for all your kind. Join the ranks of brave warriors and officers. Explore and build a better universe for all your kind. Fleet services guarantee special rewards. Strength in numbers. Together we can succeed. Never fight alone again. Make allies that will stay with you through thick and thin. You'll be recognized throughout the universe as part of a greater plan. There are many ways to earn respect of your peers. Serving is an honor. You can join the chosen few, become part of a fleet, or start your own. Sign up today. Go the fleet way. See your fleet recruiter now. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that little fleet public service announcement. That was voiced by myself, by Adrienne. We had a special guest, Jesse Heinig, on there. And the video is actually edited by Tony. The audio was edited by Adrienne. So, yeah, we encourage you to check out our YouTube channel and check out the video there. It's really fun. So, moving on. As we mentioned earlier, you can listen to us live on trekradio.net every Thursday at about 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. You can chat live with us in-game, or you can visit trekradio.net and jump on their IRC chat client, which can be found under the community link. But before we move on, we want to introduce you to a new segment we'll be doing periodically here on Priority One Podcast. We're calling it 60 Second Strategies, and we need your help to make it successful. We want you, our loyal listeners, to send us your best tips and tricks for playing Star Trek Online, from bridge officer layouts, to ship builds, to key binds, you name it. We'll package a very quick 60-second strategy segment to share with the rest of the community. We'll, of course, still have our longer, more elaborate field note segment, but not all strategies and tips require 20 minutes of discussion. So this is a bite-sized version of our field note segment. So send in your quick tip to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We would love to start this next week. So, send it as soon as you can. Well, let's get ready to trek it out. Jim, what noise is I don't know. Then let's trek it out. All right, so an article was brought to our attention by Ben Weiss via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And for many of our shows, we've covered all the glorious inventions from Star Trek that have come to fruition, from tricorders to spaceflight to hyposprays. But what about the darker side of Star Trek? 
How about espionage? What about terrorism? What about surveillance? Well, if you haven't heard, the United States NSA was outed to have been monitoring the activity of users from several cellular providers as well as other big-name tech companies. We don't want to go too much into the politics about this because that's not what this show is about. But there was an interesting article published in the National Journal by Brian Fung titled How Star Trek Explains the NSA. In the article, Fung draws comparisons to the scandal with Star Trek's fourth television incarnation, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Remember that show? Remember the Dominion Wall? You know, terrorism, espionage, subterfuge, spying. Now, Fung describes Deep Space Nine as Star Trek's most popular series. Now, I may not go that far, but in his article, he discusses the concerns faced by characters, by the characters from Deep Space Nine, and the moral conflict between Section 31 and the, versus the Federation. So I encourage you to read the article. It's a very, very interesting read in light of uh, everything that's been in the news lately. Yeah, as you might expect, I've been following this more or less obsessively. My phone lights up with the Twitters and whatnot of, of some people that I follow. And uh, it, it really is the whole Section 31 argument. Like, yeah, we're all, you guys, uh, you're too goody-goody for your own well-being. And we're just going to do the things that you don't want to do. And you really don't want to know about it. You may have the right to know about it, but you just don't want to know about it. And if we told you about it, it would sort of wreck everything because then the bad guys would find out about it too. So there's just all these reasons. There's reasons. Just, nah, just, just, just go back about your business. Just, just, we'll let us take care of this. And then the problem is that every once in a while, those guys need the help of some regular folk. And every once in a while, some of the regular folk go, this really isn't a really good idea. I'm not sure I like this. And one contractor employee decided he didn't like it very much and uh, he blew the whistle and he's, he's going to be in trouble for it probably, but that's the Dr. Bashir thing. He's not real sure that he likes where this is going and doesn't think it's the right thing to do, but it's a lot of good parallels and unfortunately it's a Star Trek parallel that seems to be, once again, prophetic about how things, uh, things seem, seem to be going. All right, Captains, we also want to spend some time talking to you about our Indiegogo fundraising project to get the bridge of the Enterprise to Las Vegas. Some of you might be thinking, what do I care if Priority One stoked radio or Trek radio broadcast from the bridge? What's in it for me? Well, there are plenty of amazing incentives for everyone at all levels of contribution. For 25 bucks. The low, low price of 25 bucks, you have a chance to record a question that you might be dying to ask a Star Trek celebrity. Or go big, and for $250, you get awesome on-site prizes and 50 master keys or 5,000 zen. There's not just stuff in there for people that are going to the convention. We specifically put in levels of donation that could appeal to people that like Star Trek and want to hear about the convention but can't go themselves. So there's prizes out there for everybody. People going to the convention, people that are going to listen to us broadcast from the convention. So visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and click on the Indiegogo widget on the right side of the screen to offer your contribution. Help make Star Trek history by getting the bridge of the Enterprise D to Las Vegas. Captains, discover something you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Well, send it over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Let's check out what happened in Star Trek Online News this week. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. 
Well, Captains, I'm going to go ahead and give myself another half point in the recurring segment, A Cryptic Developer Agrees with Tony. Last week we had Dan Stahl on the show, and he was teasing the new fleet holding, and I said, uh, it, it, it's a dilithium refinery, isn't it, Dan? And he said, well, that's pretty accurate. It was a dilithium mine, actually, not a dilithium refinery. So I'm going to give myself another half point in our little game in the post show. We've reviewed the the tapes, uh, done the instant replay, and the, I'm going to, me being the ref, I'm going to give myself another half point. Hold on, but how did you know that it was going to be something regarding dilithium, either a refinery or a it's, mine? It's it's the magic. Do you really want to know how the secret sauce is made, Elijah? Do you really want to know? Do you want me to reveal want- how, how how the magic is done? I do. I do. You, you want to know? You want to know? It's that I'm psychic. For real. I'm in their skulls, a cryptic. I'm in, I'm in their minds. Well, anyway, so we're going to get a new holding in the next couple of weeks. The patch just went to Tribble, and on Tribble, you can explore the features of this new dilithium mine, and we're going to explore those features, too, in our Community Spotlight segment a little later in the show. But we wanted to let you know that, once again, I was right. Mo- well, mostly I wanted to let you know. That, once again, I was right. Half right. Sort of. We've also got some general updates done to the game here on Tribble. They have adjusted the queue behavior in regards to teams. So the way that you queue up for a PvE or PvP mission. When in a team, only the team leader can queue for PvE or PvP queues, and they will queue the entire team. When joining a team, all queues a player is currently in will be dropped. When a player leaves a team that is in a queue, the player is dropped from the queue. When a player is invited to a team that is in a queue, the player is added to the queue. Queue counts now have an additional layer of back-end logic to ensure accuracy. There have also been audio improvements, and Sensor Scan is now correctly applying its damage bonus. I was so glad to see those queue fixes in there because, man, it was so annoying when you thought you were on a team and then somebody that wasn't the team leader, like, queued everybody up for this mission and all of a sudden this window pops up and that's not the mission you said you were going to do. So everyone has to go really hurry up and quick and leave the team and then reform it and it was annoying. This is much better. I was not experiencing any issues with PvP queuing or, well, I don't PvP much, but PvE queuing with fleet marks with the members of the Priority One fleet. It seemed all in all that we were able to queue something up and get right in. Well, you may be a member of a fleet that has uh, good communication skills and is well organized. <laughs> Some of the guys that I run with, uh, you know, we're a little haphazard sometimes. We're like somebody's fiddling with their inventory and or their DOFs and they have it up and then all of a sudden everyone's going, did you, did your, did it pop? Did it pop? Did you get the pop up? Did you get the pop up? Are you hitting, hitting engage? How come we're not all in there? And you know, it's just, it's disorganized. Oh, so that's so. the problem. Yeah. Cause all right. Cause I did do that. I did, I did miss an engage queue. Well, th- during... this probably is going to fix that problem. But, the, okay. but what is the problem is that if you don't communicate well as to who's the person that's going to join the team and if that communication also doesn't extend to which STF or event we're doing. So this way, the team leader is the guy that gets to queue the team. And when he pushes the button, everybody joins. And if he leaves the queue, everybody leaves. So it's all in the team leader's hands. So just make sure your team leader's paying attention. Well, they've also updated the missions. The boss encounters from the Nukara invasions are going into the PvE queue. They've got a 30-minute cooldown. The team nerfed the rewards a bit to compensate for the faster cooldown. So, uh, sorry, guys. The overall earn rates are probably going to be the same, but the rewards for the individual missions are probably going down a bit. Now, the, apparently, the queued events aren't working real well at this time, but they will be very soon. 
They've also fixed a bunch of typos, and they've fixed uh, about 30 missions, uh, errors that people found in the campaign missions. So they've been refining the quality of those storyline campaign missions. The Foundry got some love with Alachi NPC contacts now being available for Foundry space maps. And on the system side, Gecko's people have been hard at work. They squashed three ship bugs and corrected some of the descriptions. They've adjusted some singularity powers. Fleet updates, this is big. They messed up the description on this one at first, but then they fixed it. All fleet project inputs are going to allow fleet members to input engineering and operations department duty officers where previously you could only put in engineering or operations. They did the same with science and medical. Before you could only slot science or medical, but now you can do either one. So before, what would happen is you'd go and you'd get a random duty officer pack, and the science officers would be much more common than the medicals. So you'd have tons of extra science officers left over, and you'd barely be scraping by to get medicals because of just how the drop rates of the commonality of the officers. Now they've fixed it so that you can input either science or medical, and so all those extra science and engineering DOFs that have been taking up space in your mail account oh, wait, they're not there anymore because of the limitations of the attachments that they just imposed. So they've addressed the problem somewhat now. They should get a little better. So go through your email inboxes, take all those DOFs you mailed to yourself, clean them out, and donate them to your fleet projects now. Well, once this patch hits holodeck, that's what you should do. Also, they've updated Crystalline Entity. Crystalline Entity is now going to get 30 marks instead of 25 on normal, and they've bumped it from 40 to 60 on Elite. And matter-antimatter warp cores are going to be dropping on some Starfleet missions, the Kufama mission, the Spin the Wheel mission, which is also available to the KDF and the Romulans, Friend of My Enemy, and Seeds of Descent. So you can go play those missions on replay and get yourself a warp core for uh, your troubles. And players are now able to click the team window to select teammates again. And uh, Holodeck got a patch today on Thursday, June 16th. It was a small patch, but in systems, projected singularity can no longer be activated in social maps. And, unexpectedly, the Foundry got an update, and now missions allow players to interact through collision, such as with a player behind a force field. This was pretty huge for me because when the patch notes first went up, the only thing on there was a foundry fix. My jaw hit the floor. I even tweeted Gecko. I said, what is this? It's like the foundry's important or something. And it just amazed me that they were going to bring down the server to patch foundry stuff. I think that really does more than the interview with Stahl, more than any kind words or whatever, more than Cryptic Frost uh, banging away at the forums telling everybody, hang on, hang on, hang on. That right there tells me that the Foundry is going to be more important, a little more important, going to get some more love going forward because they took down the server to fix Foundry stuff and just Foundry stuff. And then they added in the Singularity fix as well later on. But when the patch was first announced, when the maintenance was first announced, the Foundry thing was the only thing on it. I think that's huge. That is a big step, and we've received some really good feedback from the interview with Dan Stallin about how he said once Neverwinter is released that they will invest their resources into developing the Foundry, which is really cool. I'm super excited. This just into us from our friends in the Priority One chat room during our live recording of Trek Radio. It seems that the Cryptic QA team has been testing out these new little items that you can get. Looks like you can get yourself a horde of doff. Yeah. These are going to be uh, miners to help you out with your dilithium mine. That's not a refinery. Yeah. Only get half credit. 
But uh, no, these will be fun little doffs that are going to go on your mining missions. I've read around the forums that these are going to be kind of a doff that will be help, very helpful to a dilithium helper mission, much like turning in contraband for dilithium or if you're familiar with the dilithium mining claim that you can get for the Ferengi Vlagluta asteroid field, whatever that word is. So it'll be a, a way to earn some quick dilithium so you can turn around and donate it to your fleet projects. That's right, and it looks like they're costing right now, at least on Tribble, 7500 and they come in various names and colors, it looks like, so looking forward to getting our hands on it, that's for sure. Yeah, just to clarify, I think those are 7500 fleet credits. I think they're going to be available once you unlock certain tiers of your dilithium mine. You'll be given access to minor DOFs that you can purchase. Nice, very cool, very cool. Well, very special thanks to Midnight Shadow 7 for bringing that to our attention here during our live recording. That's the awesome stuff of live audiences. They certainly help, so thank you very much. And don't forget to join us uh, every week, Thursday night, on trekradio.net. Join us in the RFC chat room, or you can catch us by joining our Priority One chat channel in-game by typing forward slash channel underscore join space bar Priority One. All right, Captains. Well, that wraps up this week in Star Trek Online news. Let's go ahead and jump into our community spotlight with Phyrexian Hero. Well, Captains, we are back with Phyrexian Hero, a regular on the forums who is always up to the minute in all the details and all the math and underpinnings of all the features that get released into the game. How you doing, Phyrexian? Doing great. Glad to be back. Good, good. For everybody that doesn't know you and know your work, why don't you talk about the last time you were on Priority One? The last time I was on Priority One, I was discussing the dilithium currency conversion and how that affected users with the reduced costs at different levels of uh, currency that you had. Well, and as I recall, that was uh, just at the same time they were doing the free-to-play conversion, so there was a whole lot of game mechanic changes, and the economy was getting pretty thorough tweaking at the same time. That's correct. Well, and at, uh, as I recall, also, your work was... I'm going to say instrumental in pointing out perhaps some inequities in the uh, conversion factors. If, uh, is, that a, is that a fair statement? I would say so. First off, they didn't exactly announce these changes in advance, nor make it easy to figure out what they were going to be until really the final hour. Right. As I recall, also what ended up happening was that there were some uh, consolation prizes released as a result of your work and some other people's uh, work there on the forums to get attention to that matter. Right, the veteran bridge officers. Right. Well, let's replay that here. Let's replay that scenario here today, because we have a new holding, which was advertised, uh, was uh, announced as sort of a, a helping mechanism for small fleets. Why don't you describe that new holding for us? The new fleet holding is the Dilithium Mine, and it's been described as a way for small fleets in particular to lessen project costs and make it easier for them to upgrade other holdings like the Starbase or the Embassy, as well as offer some new goodies with this season. Some of the new additions with the Dilithium Mine include reduced costs on fleet marks, on Dilithium, on items such as your commodities and duty officers. This new holding will also include stores that allow you access to advanced and elite fleet warp cores, a reduction in the cooldown rate of the trade freighter, the SS Azura, 
and there will also be additional dilithium mining opportunities for additional dilithium and some duty officers that include the Ferengi, Uridian, and Orta races. Those are sound like fun things. The work cores are something that were anticipated by a lot of people, especially in the last Ask Cryptic in our interview with Dan Stahl. So that's good news. And the lithium mining, I'm assuming those are going to be DOF projects like contraband trades that get you some easy dilithium. Have we seen those yet? There will be some rich dilithium daily missions that you can do with the final tier of the dilithium mine upgrade. I have seen there are three different duty officer missions. One allows you to refine an additional 500 ore. Mission one is to mine the mother load of valuable minerals, which gives you about 30,000 plus energy credits. The other one is to mine the lithium mother load for 500 more dilithium. So that's easy project that you can do daily to add some more dilithium to your balance. But it's significantly lower, an order of magnitude lower, than the uh, dilithium mining claim that you can do on the Vligluta asteroid field? Uh, yes, so you wouldn't be getting the thousands of dilithium that you would get when you open those from the lock boxes. Well, but it is a daily, and you can use that. It doesn't count towards your refining cap because you've got the refining mission to go with it. Yes, and it's free, so everyone in the fleet has access to it. Free is always good. All right, well, let's talk about this. What is your take on the benefits of this new holding? Overall, the mine would still probably cost more dilithium up front than it's going to save you in the near future. As you do more provision projects and additional extras that your fleet would want to do anyway, the cost begins to come more into your favor. The mine itself will take about three months or more to complete for most groups. It's about on parity with the embassy. And for small fleets to benefit the most on the cost, they would really need to focus entirely on the mine so that they have more starbase and embassy projects to do with the discounts on fleet marks, dilithium, and items. So they'd have to basically stop what they're doing on the embassy and starbase and just dump everything into the mine. In order to get the best uh, cost savings, they would do that. So it's always a trade-off between how much do you want to pay versus how quickly do you want to get it. Right. Do you think it's worth it, just based on your back-of-the-envelope first-look calculations? Is it worth it for a small fleet of, say, 15 people to drop what they're doing and dump everything they can into this? The mine really comes in as more of a long-term savings initiative. It's going to take several months at least to recoup the costs of upgrading the mine. Just uh, some back-of-the-envelope calculations, the mine's going to run about 4.7 million dilithium to fully max out. The embassy would be about 8.6, and the starbase is about 20.6 as minimums. And the discount that you get is, if I read the forums right, the top tier discount is 9%. Yes. So let's just round that up. So you're going to save, after you've got the lithium mine completely constructed, it'll save you about 10% on everything you do. Dilithium inputs, fleet mark inputs, DOF inputs. In order to get that discount, it's going to take three months to get it. Yes. And you know, it's obviously only going to count for additional projects you do after that point. So anything yeah. you've already invested in. Yeah, it's not like you're going to get a refund. Yes, that's right. Okay. <laughs> well, um, it seems to me, and I'm, an, I'm in a small fleet, but it seems to me like this is not exactly what you might call help in terms of cost reductions. I've got to do more inputs at full price, more or less, to get a discount later on over time. And let's face it, 
the time it takes to do these projects was the real problem that small fleets were having. Does this look like help to you for small fleets? I think the help to small fleets is more in terms of the long-term benefits to it. It's not going to be a free lunch that you will be putting up more up front than you're going to be saving up front. So it will take quite a while before the mine is a net savings to you, but every point after that will make things easier. If I was forming a new fleet, the mine would probably be the first thing I'd want to construct because it would just make everything else easier down the road. But what if you have an already established fleet? Let's take, well, let's say, for example, your fleet has a Tier 3 star base on its way halfway to Tier 4 and has the embassy just about to Tier 2. Just for an example, I don't know why I'm using that example. It's not like it's my fleet or anything. <clears throat> anyway, um, uh, but what would you say? Should we drop everything and dump it all into the mine, or should we just try to keep leveling all three holdings at the same time? I would suggest to do all three at once because you're not trying to save the most amount of money that's mathematically possible. You're trying to get things finished in a timely manner and not looking for every single way that's the cheapest. So that's why I would suggest working on the mine in addition with other projects. You might want to choose which ones to prioritize in order that they finish. Though I would say that really it's the large fleets that are going to benefit the quickest on this mine since they have the resources to get it done in the minimum time possible and they'll be running a lot of expensive provision projects that they'll be getting a large discount on dilithium and fleet marks as well as other resources. So in reality in the short term the larger fleets are the ones that have been helped by the addition of this project. They'll get the benefits faster though they will have also already had a lot of progress on the Starbase and Embassy that they won't get to see in the savings since that's already finished. But the, on, as you're pointing out, the provisioning projects where you can buy the rights to build fleet ships to provision engineering equipment like weapons and shields, armor, those projects are going to become significantly cheaper and become significantly cheaper sooner because the fleets can complete the Embassy and you know, in a, in a fast manner. Yes. So in terms of the projects that you don't have to do, that the provision projects are completely optional part when you're upgrading the Starbase because they provide the least amount of experience. But it is something that you'll be wanting to do once the Starbase is established because adding additional experience doesn't benefit you. Right. But what? let's get out of the nitty-gritty here. The reason people want the Tier 5 star bases is to buy the cool fleet ships and to get the elite weapons and to get the elite shields and all that kind of stuff. In order to get those, you have to have your stores provisioned. Yes. So here's the real question. Dan, in his interviews, uh, keeps on saying that one of the design goals was to help small fleets with the provisioning. Could it be that another of the design goals was to keep the number of Tier 5 stores relatively small? Whenever you add an additional fleet holding, people have to choose on which area to focus their limited resources on. So if you're splitting it among three different areas, that's going to take you longer to get to the, the Tier 5 Starbase. It might make the path easier with that 9% discount going forward, but I don't know if they were actively trying to restrict the number of Tier 5s. Well, and that's the real question. That's the kind of where I kind of get curious about this is because... For me, I'm keep, I keep using myself as an example because I know me the best, but I've got fleet modules sitting in my bank that are doing nothing. And I'm, I'm waiting for my fleet to hit the Tier 4 and the Tier 5 
level so I can buy the ships that I want with my modules. That's money that Cryptic already has in their pocket because I've purchased them already, but they might be getting more money from me for more fleet modules if my fleet was already at the tier that I need it to be to get the ships that I want. But because there's no easy mechanism to wander into somebody else's fleet store to buy the ships, and because my fleet might take years, literally, to get to Tier 5, that's money they're not getting from me for ship modules. So do you think that it makes sense to not make it easier for fleets to get Tier 5? Do you think that maybe they might consider changing that up to a little bit? I would say from a revenue perspective, Cryptic is making probably a lot of money off Zen, which has been converted to Dilithium. For as long as people are running projects on the fleet holdings, that's a source of revenue. So while, sure, they would like you to buy more fleet modules so you can get additional fleet ships, there are other areas that they're also interested in making money from. So the continuation of these long-term fleet projects probably overall is the better business for them rather than counting on my occasional whim purchase of a fleet module or two to buy a ship that I want out of the store. Sure, with a fleet module costing 500 zen versus continuously working on a starbase, an embassy, and a dilithium mine, they can make more money from the latter. Let's take a look at this and kind of turn it on its head a little bit. Most of the griping and grunching that I hear on the forum says, well, and even the numbers we've been discussing just now, is a maxed out tier three dilithium mine and how long it'll take you to earn the investment back on your embassy and starbase. Let's go small. Okay. What about it just getting it to tier one? With the tier one, you get a 3% discount. And if the mine works the same as the embassy and the starbase, it's kind of a diminishing returns. Your first level is really pretty easy to get. Have we looked at the resource cost on the first level versus the discount on that first level? Sure. If you're looking at just the lithium costs, to get a fully tier one dilithium mine is going to run you about 356,000 dilithium, which is much more affordable than the embassy, because with the embassy, you had the dilithium and recruitment tracks and the embassy upgrades itself, which were rather substantial. The dilithium mm-hmm. mine doesn't cost dilithium to upgrade, only the trade and development tracks. So you don't have that third area to be putting dilithium into. Is the input, so it's a 356,000 dilithium input to get it to tier one on the dilithium mine, but then you get a 3% discount on everything you do everywhere else. Yes. It should also be said that you only need to upgrade one of the two areas, trade or development, to tier one in order to upgrade the mine. So if you just wanted 3% off your dilithium, all you would need to put in is 178,000 dilithium to upgrade either trade or development, and then you could do the mine without putting in any more dilithium. And tier savings would apply to your other holdings as well. You would get that 3% discount on the embassy and the and starbase yes. at that point. Automatically. So it could be that the idea for the small fleet's help was to just get your dilithium mine to tier 1, take your 3% discount and go, and run with it, then you can make your investment back a lot quicker that way. Yes, yeah, so that's definitely one way to look at it, because the costs do grow by about a factor of 2 to 3 every tier you go up. Right, and so if you want the higher discount, you're going to be putting substantially more inputs into it to get that next tier discount. Yeah, so tier one's the least expensive way to get the most discount for that price. Were there any other interesting features of this base that we haven't covered so far? I didn't mention the engineering consoles, which are rather nice. There's two different types. You have the RCS accelerators for advanced turn rate, 
and you also have the extra armor. You have the resist all consoles, which is the neutronium alloy, and that has one of two different types of modifiers. You have a plus turn, and you have a plus hull rep that can repair your hull. There's also a monotanium alloy with the same two modifiers, and that can resist kinetic damage. And the enhanced RCS accelerators will have one of two types, a plus all resistance or a plus kinetic resistance. Oh, very nice. The hull and the turn consoles both complement each other. Yes. So if you are looking for, you know, especially with like a slower ship, like with these cruisers or carriers, they boosted the RCS accelerator with Legacy of Romulus. So now you get even more bang for your buck to use an RCS accelerator on those ships with a naturally slower turn rate. And you get those with the Tier 3 mine. You'll, they'll go from Mark 10, 11, or 12, depending on what tier of the mine you're in. So you get the ultra-rare Mark 10s at Tier 1, the ultra-rare Mark 11s at Tier 2, and the ultra-rare Mark 12s at Tier 3. Correct. And that's on the trade track. Okay, and these mines are going to, uh, the discounts are going to apply for all future holdings as well. Yes, so you'll save even more as they add a new holding, probably with Season 9 at the end of this year, Season 10 next year, and so on. Well, you know, cheeks and seats, that's what makes MMOs money, and uh, it looks like they've successfully found a way to keep us uh, in the seat again. Overall, it's a, a lot of interesting goodies, the warp cores and the consoles. The new DOFs are particularly interesting, because never had hoarded DOFs before. <laughs> yeah, the cryptic emergency QA hologram has been on Twitter, very excited about those. So I would say don't do this just for the discount, because that's not going to be such an immediate effect on lowering those costs. But think of it as an added bonus to the mine instead of the principal purpose of it. All right. Well, thank you, Phyrexian Hero, for stopping by and giving us your analysis of the new fleet holding. Appreciate you coming back, and we'll have you back again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Let's open up hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. We want to thank everyone for their patience on Monday during our unexpected website outage. With the sudden influx of listeners rushing in to listen to the interview with executive producer Dan Stahl, it pushed the engines to the limit, and we experienced a coolant leak. Everything is now under control, and we've got a brand new upgraded warp core. So very, very much excited. Again, sorry for the trouble. Fortunately, it was a bit of a, a stumbling block, but we got through it, and we're better for it now. So let's jump into feedback from last week's episode. Coming into us from the Stowe forums... My My 2 wrote, who gives a flying about some stupid tutorial that nobody ever needs past their first week in Stowe, if at all? To which Brandon promptly replied, new players do, and you should too. We only have one chance at first impressions, and if someone can't get through the tutorial because they're confused or do not enjoy their experience during it, the chances of them continuing to play is quite low. New players who complete the tutorial and continue to play from there equates to growth for the game. Growth leads to new content, systems, ships, costumes, etc. More expansions, more seasons, and a long, healthy life for the game. A strong tutorial like the new Romulan or Klingon tutorial for the Federation will only lead to what I mentioned above. And I think we can all agree we would love for much more of it. So who cares about the tutorial? We all should. Here, here, Brandon. 
Uh, this clap. is in response to Dan Stahl's discussion about improving the Federation tutorial because it does look dated. It's three years old. I just hope that they get to it soon because what's, what will end up happening is that they do this awesome thing for the Federation tutorial. And then it's going to make the Romulan tutorial and the KDF tutorial look outdated. So I, I hope that it's <laughs> within the coming months. I hope that it, yeah, I, it happens before the end of the year. That was my impression. Oh, I think we're talking like four to six weeks. I really think we're going to see the tutorial. Whoever was on the content for the Romulan missions, you know, the Romulan campaign stories and stuff like that, they got put on the Federation tutorial darn quick after that stuff went. Goldmaster internal, I think, is the way Dan put it. When that code finally got settled and the missions were finalized, they hopped over to the Federation tutorial. I'm almost positive. Because it really, yeah, there's night and day. And we had this discussion with Al. You remember that? We said, hey, hey Al, what's, what's your big goal for the game? He said, I want to go back and do the tutorials over again. This was before we knew Romulus was going to be Romulus, before we knew the expansion was going to be out. And we said, what do you want to do with the game, Al? He said, tutorials. We said, what? And he said, yeah, because we've got the, the devil horns. There's a big spike of people even at the beginning. There's a big spike of people even at the end. They put in the star bases and the reputation systems to take care of the big spike of people leaving at the end. And a revamped tutorial and introduction to the game is going to take care of the spike at the beginning. And then you need to finish addressing that beginning leaving spike. And that's going to be fixing the Fed tutorial. Well, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, from Priority One website, we had a bunch of people praise the new Klingon theme by Chris Watts, and it is awesome. He rightfully deserves tons of praise. Thank you all for commenting. Dark Frontier, Sharenki, and everybody else. The Grand Nagus writes in, great interview with Dan the Man. Looking forward to seeing what's to come for Doffs and the Gateway in Season 9. Yes, very much so. Looking forward to that a lot. Hey, uh, hey Elijah, 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 going to get an iPad? Going to get an iPad? No way. There's no way. They're not going to write, they're not going to write an app just for iPad. If anything, if anything, my guess is that they're going to do HTML5, you know, make it a nice safe browser thing. Yeah, but you know, the iPad, it's so formed and well functioned and smooth and nice. Android's all, Android's all, duh, so, so ghetto. So ghetto, Elijah. Right. Get an iPad. Get an iPad. Get an iPad. Get an iPad mini. Actually, Androids Androids are not ghetto. Androids are for power (laughs) users that know how to use their phones. Oh, oh, Uh, oh, oh. Power users, right. Because I'm just, I'm just lazy. I just want it just to plug in. I don't want to think about having a computer and stuff. That's 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 true. We're going there. We're going there. We're going going there. Okay. We're going there. Okay. We went there. It's home. I'm okay with it. It's home, Tony. It's home. I'm comfortable with that. No. Bring it on. Come on! Come you walk it over, but you lip it back. I'm right here. Bring it on. <laughs> well, well, I'll let it go. I'll take that criticism. I haven't built a computer for probably six or seven years, so I'm old and lazy now. So, yes, give me an iPad. Uh, Sean Newboy writes in, great show, everyone. And Michael Sawyer wrote, oh, great. I just heard not for tofu, and I am crying hysterically, and I have to interview someone in four minutes. Thanks. You're welcome. And Lennon Rich, our editor, and while he was fixing the uh, the, the website breakdown, uh, uh, sent us an expense report for a new monitor because he said he sprayed coffee all over his, and he heard that bit too. I really am going to have to. He said he actually uh, he actually shot coffee out of his nose, is what he said, <laughs> and he said that it burned bad. So I feel terribly, I feel so bad for him. But yes, he said he shot coffee out of his nose and got all over his monitor while he was editing the show. So. Uh, yeah, because that uh, was some funny, some funny stuff. Good times. You're broken times. in now, Tony. You're broken. All in. broken in now. That's right. One, one of the, one of the team. I got my stripes now. 
All right, coming into us via Facebook, Jay Galloway, who's in the chat room right now with us, writes, Great show, guys. I loved all the spoilers that Dan was giving out. Cannot wait till season 10 to see what the new reward perk will be for lifetimers. Congrats to Tony for figuring out what the new fleet holding will be. Yes. And Rob Williams wrote, yet another awesome episode. Great work. These are all fleeties. I'm so excited. Yay, fleeties. Woo. Go fleet. Go team. A very special shout out to all of our new followers on Twitter and Facebook. I have learned my lesson. I'm not going to try to pronounce Twitter handles anymore. Thank you all very much for that learning experience. The number exploded this week, and we are thrilled. So thank you, everyone. Drop us a line. Send us a message. We love hearing from you. Captains, we want to remind you we are accessible to you via a number of channels. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or on Twitter at STO Priority One or join us in our in-game chat channel by typing in the Star Trek Online chat box forward slash channel underscore join. Hit the space bar. Priority One. Links, of course, on all the ways you can get in touch with us will be on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 132, broadcast live on trekradio.net. Remember that we are on air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Having a live audience is fantastic, and we appreciate you joining us every week. Was that enough love, Elijah? Was that that was enough. That was plenty. I love that. Okay. That was great. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget, Captains! The Priority One Network is always looking for new team members that have a passion for Star Trek and a passion for Star Trek Online. If you have a particular skill that you believe could enhance our content, whether it's audio, video, blogging, then reach out to us via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. As you know, we love hearing from you, our listeners. If you have a suggestion, idea, or topic for our Trek It Out or Field Notes segments, or if you have feedback for the show, you can reach us with our online form on the Priority One website via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com via Facebook or Twitter. And fleet member or not, you can always chat with the team by joining our in-game chat channel in your chat box in Star Trek Online. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space priority one. And we want to remind you to send your quick tips and hints for our new segment titled 60 Second Strategies. What do you do that helps your gameplay in Star Trek Online? You can also get up-to-the-minute news from Priority One Podcast by visiting our social media websites. Head over to www.facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast and give us a like. Or you can check us out on Twitter at STO Priority One for showtimes and other cool stuff. Captain's Priority One is brought to you by the generous donations of, well, you. Please visit PriorityOnePodcast.com to find out how you can help support the show. Right now, we have our Indiegogo page up to help bring the Bridge of the Enterprise to Star Trek Las Vegas for an unforgettable experience. Visit Indiegogo.com and search on Enterprise or visit PriorityOnePodcast.com for links right on the site. And a very special thanks to this week's guest, Phyrexian Hero. Thanks to the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our art director, Alex Calderwood, our audio engineer and web developer, Len Rich, Justin Lowmaster, our audio assistant, and the composer of our theme music and superb Cleon theme, Chris Watts. Special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com, our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, and Trek Radio, and of course, the Stowe community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage.
Transfer complete. We want to broadcast live from the bridge. I'm saying bridge way too much. We want to broadcast live, and the only way to do... But we want to broadcast live. I really should have edited your stuff here. From several cellular providers, as well as other big game... As well as... Uh, in the article, Fung draws comparisons to the scandal with Star Trek's fourth television incarnation, Deep Space Nine. Wait, hang and on. Terrorism. Third, I think. What? Third. It's the fourth. No, it's the fourth. Because you had the original. I, I did the math. I, I, lo- I thought this through in my head. Are you, you counting the, the animated series? series? I'm counting the animated series because I said thir- the right. fourth television incarnation. All right. Ah, I know my truth. All, right. All right. All right. Let it slide. All right, captains, discover something you... Th- I keep saying, all right, captains. All right. All right, captains. Hey, we? Strap yourself on in. We're going for a bumpy ride. Then reach out to us via incoming. Then reach out to us via in... Oh. Captains, priority one is brought to you by the generous donate... Donate... Donations. The generous donations. Donations. Give us some donations on the Amazon tab. And a very special thanks to this. Let me start that over because it didn't change. I'm haunting Holy them crap, as I we just my pants. <laughs> Via Kmart's <laughs> online website, right? Oh, those wacky oh, Kmart guys. Man. And on Twitter, a very special shout out to all of our new followers on Twitter and Facebook. I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to bother trying to pronounce uh, Twitter say handles that again, I think anymore. You said, I think you said. I think you said. I, you just said. I think you just said. I can't. I just, I, I, for whatever reason, I just had a brain fart. The number exploded this week, and we are thrilled. So thanks to everyone. Drop us a line. Send us a message. We love hearing from you. Uh, you didn't sound very thrilled. <laughs> That's because the reason yeah, like, we had our great numbers is because I was an idiot. So. <laughs> you were like, so. you were like, the numbers exploded this week, and we are The numbers are exploded. Thrilled. This is very exciting. I'm very excited about the numbers Good exploding. Grief. Elijah, are you excited about the numbers exploding? Exploding. Woot. Uh, yeah, woot. Come on, give me some umph there, man. You want? Oh, you want me to do it back? Okay. All right. You asked for it. Are you ready? Yes, you ready? please. <clears throat> One moment. Hold on. Let me. Don't, all right. Listen. Just, just do it for, for it. prosperity's sake, for the love of God. Show some love to our listeners. Ah. Okay. What did my whistle here? All right. Ready? <clears throat> here it comes. Here it comes. I'm going to perform now. <clears throat> the number exploded this week, and we are thrilled. So thank you, everyone. Drop us a line. Send us a message. We love hearing from you. <sighs> I hate you. <laughs> Where's where's the where's the paper? Come on, tear up some paper. Where's the paper? I don't. The... Yeah, I don't wish to. I recycle. I use everything digitally. <laughs> so I'm just gonna punch. I'm just gonna punch my screen. <laughs> <laughs> Put your slam your head on your desk. That, that'll make a nice sound. That'll be a good radio. That's good radio. Slam your head on your desk. There it is. There it is. The head desk. You can't see a face palm, but you can hear a head desk. Nicely done. <laughs>